Just do the damn thing. Well, welcome, everybody. Let me take this off of here. Right there. We are live. We got Logan Exhales here in the house. Say hi, Logan. What's up? What's up with you? Oh, wait. Hang on. Hang on. Now you can say what's up. Oh, what's up? Saw, dude. What's up with you, dude? Nothing, Um, man. Enjoying this Monday night. Yeah. Enjoy. It's been a busy Monday. Have you been busy like all day today? Yeah, yeah. I um, I I went trimming all day, trimming, trimming. shrubs, trimming cutting shrubs. shrubs completely down, trimming twelve foot shrubs down to eight foot. It's been a great day. That's out out in the hot sun. Oh yeah, dude. Just yeah, <laughs> we had like ten minutes of reprieve today like the clouds rolled in with the wind and it just dropped like 15 degrees for like 10 minutes oh the biggest tease ever so let me ask you this as a landscaper is it customary to offer you guys like beverages like do you want something to drink or is that expected do you guys talk shit about like this you know this person didn't even offer us any water or anything fucking stupid not at all okay i think um most of us bring drinks like everybody that i know brings like a huge thermos of water okay and then like a whole bunch of shit in their cooler okay you know um, so you're kind of self-sustaining but i think there. it's i think it's 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 nice it's appreciated you know okay uh tips are better than water tips oh you're supposed to tip you I've don't never have tipped to, but i can tell tipped. you um there's there's some really awesome people that i've personally been taking care of their property for years and like every time I go, it'll be like five or ten bucks and they'll be like, grab a beer after work, man. Dope. Like, and that's, that's awesome. Okay. That's super appreciated. OK, dude just bought me a beer. I'll take it any day of the week. Dope. You know, okay. but again, I don't think any of that's like uh, like expected or whatever, but it's appreciated for yeah. sure. OK, well, th- see, sure. that's really good to know. That's actually really good to know, because I always wonder. I'm always curious you know tips i didn't even think about that i didn't even think like yeah here have 10 bucks yeah five ten bucks grow five, go grab bucks, a beer after work a beer super appreciated yeah. absolutely thanks especially See, on a hot day yeah absolutely go grab but again a beer. not not expected but respected how about yeah. that respect all right i get you well yeah, uh welcome everybody to another test live stream uh everything seems to be going swimmingly smooth i would be i would assume that anybody in the chat would tell me if things weren't going swimmingly smooth but everything looks i'll say it again swimmingly smooth on my end swimmingly swimmingly yeah, it looks smooth, good here at least on my end um so we're, i'm just gonna hang out and we're just gonna talk with logan for a little bit for a little half hour 45 minutes something like that i don't want to take your whole day i know you're busy i know you worked all day I know this is your tertiary time that you could be spending, you know, with your family and your children and things like this. They, um, I got the fire going for them outside, man. They're out chilling, making s'mores, hanging out in the oh, hammock. God, see, that sounds way more fun than sitting in your office on a YouTube stream. <laughs> Dude, it's totally cool. You hit me up earlier and I was like, yeah, absolutely. You gotta to hang see, out with like, Nick for a little while. See, you're like me. I have a I I don't know if you have this problem. I have a hard time saying no. It'll depend. I have a really um, hard time saying no. There's been a few times I've been invited on to shows or whatever where like if we have plans set in stone that like the kids are really looking forward to, like if we have like a movie night planned or if we're going out to do something, I will absolutely tell people no, you know? Yeah, um, but we do we do this every other night. We have fires and 
you know, hang out outside and chill at the end of the night. So I'm not missing anything. They're cool. They're hanging out. Okay. So no worries. Okay. Well, cool. I feel a little bit less guilty about ripping you away from your family just to test not at all. just to test out my live streaming capabilities <laughs> not at all yeah. i want you to have a much better show than how it went with michelle oh that's my gosh, what this is I for know. i went you know so i went i was so excited to have michelle on i was beyond excited i really respect her i really look up to her yeah i see her i mean she's just a very very smart person very intelligent I was really excited to have her on, and my excitement level went from 10 in the span of like four seconds. It just deflated completely. We were all watching. We could all tell. Yeah, you all saw it happen in real time. I was really proud of you, though, because honestly, I was proud of you that it wasn't one of those like, ah, fuck it moments. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know? It wasn't uh it wasn't like well, the good cam went out that one vlog kind of moment. And then I'm just throw my hands up. Yeah, and, you're like I just, quit. We're I calling quit it. everything. We're done. I quit. We're done. Yeah, <laughs> well the, canceling my YouTube. It's over. It's one of those yeah, things. Yeah, no, where you I'm, handled it really well. I've been so. trying to control how I react to things like that, you know. Yeah, and not to have tough. just this huge emotional reaction and cuz there's it might not seem like there's a lot of pressure. But it feels like a lot of pressure, especially well, it's when your job. it's my job. Right. You know, it's like my you job. You literally do this for a living. And I want to so put out. So when things go bad. Yeah. It feels yeah. like, you know, uh, yeah, and I, you know, I want my, my product that is my videos and live streams to be uh, the best quality that they can be and to be, you know, the highest quality that they can be. And when it's not like that, when something goes wrong, I just... I, I go into full yeah. full meltdown mode. Yeah, no, I think you uh I think you handled it really well. Thank you. And I think everything that you've been working towards with learning new things and hooking up nine hundred wires to different things, <laughs> I yes. I think you're I think you're headed in the right direction. This I is think it. it's a massive improvement. I it's become like a movie studio in here. I can do anything now. <laughs> I'm, it's, it's I'm like, expecting like the first Grim Green Productions. Yes, Grim Green Productions. Grim, yeah, Grim, it's funny. Sometimes when I'm in here and I'm sitting and I'm listening to music and I'm testing my stream and I got my laptop and I'm moving around, I feel like a DJ, you know? Yeah. Like headphones <laughs> tapping yeah. on the laptop. You just over need here. to get like a turntable in yeah. front of you. That's how I feel. Yeah. I feel like a I feel yeah, like a sure. producer, like one of those producer guys. Yeah. But definitely yeah. a huge improvement, dude. Definitely yeah. a huge improvement. I, th- I feel like Absolutely. this is going really well. So let's talk about Logan Exhales a little bit. You're, sure. You're, you're around in the Discord uh, and the Patreon and here and there, and people listen to the Rise and Vape podcast, but people might yeah, not know. a few people do. <laughs> you know, yeah. People might... You guys should all listen to the Rise and Vape podcast, A, because Logan works hard at this podcast as we were discussing earlier, he goes above and beyond when he could just Nonsense as easily, sometimes. he could just as easily go, okay, no podcast this week or okay, I have to scrap this or okay, I'm just calling this good. I'm done with that. He doesn't, he doesn't give up. He's relentless no. in his I pursuit of, of quality podcasting entertainment. Yeah, I, I try, man. I try my best. I mean, you know, it's obviously not what I do for a living and I work I don't know, 55, 60 hours a week, six yeah. days a week, you know, kids, family, everything else going on. Um, but yeah, yeah, we try. We try to put a show out every week. Um, I used to put two out every week, which is just oh, crazy. That's, that's bananas. That's yeah, bananas. On top of everything. But uh, yeah, we shoot for one a week and uh, and I try to have good guests on. And then my wife joins me on weekly episodes and we break down um you know, news and stuff like that. And then the second half of the show, we try to have like a fun topic mm-hmm. that we bring to the table. And it's a good time. I, uh, I like to think I entertain a few people and hopefully inform a few people. Yeah. Well, you, yeah, I, I think you do a great job over there at the rise and vape podcast. Yeah. I mean, well, thanks, you talking man. about putting out two episodes a week reminds me of like back in 2015, 2016, when I was putting out like six videos a week nonsense it's that is crazy i think back to that and go how was i even surviving like my question is when did you sleep (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean it was crazy 
It was yeah. crazy. Constantly, just constantly working. And con- like, even back then, I had this really, really old Windows machine, and it would take hours to render one video. And I was just constantly in this loop of, I'd set timers on my phone so that I could get up like during dinner to go save this one video and load the next things in there so that I could render this other thing. And it was, it was ridiculous. So we were talking about uh, before we started here, kind of doing things, always doing things the hard way. Yeah. Um, I have a tendency of doing things the free way, which tends to be the hard way. (laughs) Yeah. I gave up on the free way. A long yeah. time ago, I broke down and I'm like, I'm buying Photoshop. I'm buying this <laughs> yeah, program. Dude, I'm, I'm so buying close. this program. It's which just... is which is funny. Like I know, well, I don't know a lot of those those programs now. They've been updated. Back in 2009, I um I did the entire Adobe Master Collection. I mm. learned After Effects, Premiere. I mean, I I learned all of it. Yeah. Um, and I have not used any of the software since. So 11 years. <laughs> I'd have a lot to relearn. Yeah. Um, but before the podcast ever started, I did the Rise and Vape show, which was a YouTube show. They're still on my YouTube. They're terrible. But doing things the free way, all of my videos were edited on Windows Movie Maker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is just yeah, a Windows nightmare. Movie Maker. Yeah, it's just a nightmare. But it was one of those things like, you know, I felt like the information was more important than the software I was using, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, I get that. But at the end of the day, if you make shitty videos and nobody watches them. Yeah, then the, what, the then, information might as well just be useless. It's just yeah, I might as well just be scattered to the, to the wind. Yeah. Scattered yeah. to the wind. So uh, your name's Logan. Logan exhales. I don't know if that's your real last name. You don't have to say. The Rise and Vape Podcast what what do you what are you guys doing over there? What are you trying to do over there? This is like your podcast. Um, it's your baby. What was your yeah, inspiration think, for this podcast? You know, we talked about it kind of briefly. I had you on the podcast. Um, you know, you were kind of the the inspiration for me doing YouTube. Um, oh. honestly, you know, I, oh. I I think we talked about this on the show, but there was this real old vo- vlog where I don't know if it was a you know, viewer comment or or something like that. But somebody wrote you basically saying like, Hey, I really want to start a YouTube. Do you think I should, even though there's four bajillion vape YouTubers in existence right now? And like, without skipping a beat, you were like, yes, do it. Yeah. Just do it. Like the more, the merrier. We need more people talking about this. We need more people advocating. Yes. And I had basically just kind of gotten into this funk. I used to do, video game streaming. I had a huge uh, stream team. We used to do charity streams for uh, an organization called Extra Life for Kids, um, where all the donations, my donations uh, through my stream would all go to the Women Children's Hospital in Buffalo. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, yeah. And so but we that it kind of fell apart. Time wasn't my friend. And so I was in this like content creator funk. Like I wanted to do something but I knew that I didn't really have the time to put to that like I wanted to. And I thought, well, Nick just said, make vape videos. So (laughs) I'm going to make vape videos, not knowing a whole lot, not knowing half of what I know now. I just kind of jumped in head first. um, And I did that for like 10 months. And then I found that, you know, editing on Windows Movie Maker and I tried to do everything in a Sunday, right? Like I would get up, Mm -hmm. shoot, two and a half, three hours worth of video. We had Mm -hmm. all these different segments, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and then editing and posting and the whole process just took my entire Sunday. I really want to go back and watch these videos. They're terrible, but go ahead. Um, so the whole process, all old content, all my old content is bad from like (laughs) 20, 2009 to like, Maybe the end of 2014, it started to improve. But for years... I like the evolution of the office, like your office oh, through yeah. the years. Through the that's, years. That's my favorite part of all of it, is like all the different offices <laughs> and the, the evolution offices. of them and, along the way. You know, for a while, I was just like stuck in this weird little corner when I had this, you know, <laughs> tiny little place. And when I first moved to San Diego, I was just stuck in the corner. I didn't even have an office. But yeah, it's. I think it's important 
you know, to have that early content that's not great, but kind of shows your dedication to it. You know, you keep you keep doing it and you keep putting yeah. out. You ever because go back by and comparison, watch your old stuff? Uh, I try not to. Oh, I try not to. It is rough. Yeah. I, for it a while, rough. I was planning on doing like a, you know, oh, Grim Green reacts to his first review video type of thing. But it's just, it's so painful. <laughs> it's too painful to watch. But by contrast, you yeah. can see how much someone has improved and how much better their content has become. You know, with that I old, hope that I've improved. You, uh, I've, I've you, switched mediums, which has helped. Um, you like you know, podcasting I from, better than you like doing the YouTube absolutely. videos? Absolutely. I yeah. can do it in my boxers. Yeah. I can do it, you know, like... <laughs> well, you can do YouTube you don't videos have to in be, your boxers, too. I'm, you absolutely can, but you don't have to be, like, YouTube ready, and that's actually kind of one of the reasons why we switched to a podcast. Uh-huh. Me coming from, like, a live streaming, video game streaming, I guess, content background, whatever you want to call it, I've always been pretty comfortable live, uh-huh. but doing like standalone pre-recorded videos, talking to just a webcam, mm-hmm. no chat, no extra anything going on was really challenging for me. Yeah. And I get that. My wife wanted to be involved, but she's super uncomfortable on camera. And yeah. so like we did that for a long time and when things kind of fell apart and I said, Hey, why don't we do a podcast? You don't have to be on camera and I don't have to spend hours editing video. She was a hundred percent on board on board. And, and that's, that was when we just kind of switched mediums and it's, it's actually been a lot better. Um, I love the the episodes where it's just me and my wife and we just kind of get to sit down and discuss what's going on. And it's, there's no pressure to be YouTube ready. There's yep. no, you know, it's just chill. Yeah. It's just so relaxed. Yeah, it's great. Well, I've I, I've always wanted to do a podcast. Even, I, I mean, I want to do podcasts when podcasts were like this brand new thing. Because when I started I doing YouTube. I remember when podcasts were brand yeah, new. Yeah, brand new. When I started YouTube in 2009, there was no such thing as a YouTuber or a content creator or anything like that. It was just YouTube was, you know, where you go to watch a video about how to fix the plumbing under your sink, you know, yep. lots of how-to videos and things like that. But there was no such thing as like a person that was a that was a influencer before that term even existed. It wasn't like a thing. So I just kind of started doing it. But then when podcasts became like a thing, I thought that I want to do that. I, I yeah. want to do a podcast. I really I'm- like the audio only format. And I think for somebody like me, I think about people like me who are really active through the day. They're working, whatever. It's so nice to just throw in a set of headphones Mm -hmm. and listen to a podcast. Like I can remember like 2018, I went through like the catalog of Culture of Clouds. That summer. <laughs> it was like every other day I was listening to a Culture of Clouds episode or a last oh, podcast great. on the left episode or a Narcotica episode. And so when I think about it, I'm like, I feel like I'm making a podcast for people like me, for people who maybe have a, a long morning commute or like yep. a job where they can throw in a set of headphones and just, yep. just tune 100%. in. percent Yeah. You know, and you don't have like that dedication of having to sit and physically watch something. No, it's it's where you, you kind of have to give that your your attention. You have to give it your full attention, and a you know a podcast, and people do this with the vlog and stuff like that too. But a podcast is something you can almost have passively, like you could be working on something else while listening to a podcast. You could be making right. dinner while listening to a podcast. I do it all the time. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. And And it's like you can tune into like a YouTube video or something like that and listen in the background. But when somebody's like showing something. Right. When you have a video, people tend not to like describe what it is they're showing the audience because they're showing the audience. You know what I mean? You're not going to be like, well, have you seen every intricate detail of this mech mod? (laughs) But when you're on a podcast and you're talking about something, you tend to like break it down for your listeners you tend to like describe it yes exactly 
so when you're trying to just tune into a, a YouTube video or something in the background and somebody's showing something, you have to like stop what you're doing and go watch <laughs> if you want to know whatever okay, it is. I guess I'll go about. watch this. Yeah. I've always wondered, yeah. I've always been fascinated that people, you know, in its prime, you know, the vlog was my most viewed, most watched thing. And it was like two hours of pre recorded, pre shot, pre edited videos. And people watched it and i'm thinking how do people watch this for two hours yeah it doesn't make any because i that's what not was, the way i consume media uh at all what was like your average because you can do that on youtube if you go into the analytics and stuff and i'm sure you, you do it all the time what was no. like your average watch time for a vlog did was the average like everybody just watched it the whole way through uh, it, it was shockingly high it was like 40 yeah. to 45 minutes average watch time and that's when i tried to keep the vlogs for like an hour and a half maybe two hours at the most but it was a shockingly long amount of time that's a movie i know that's a movie you know that's like sitting down for a movie it's yeah it's crazy it is crazy but then you can sit and listen to like like a a two-hour podcast and it doesn't feel like you just no you know no, Sat I try not to, to have my podcast podcasts. go quite that long, but depending on the guest, I've had a few really long ones. Like I had Kristen Noel Marsh. I'm sure you know. Oh, Kristen she's Kukasa. great. She's brilliant. Uh, yeah, I had she's her. It was like, it's like a three-hour, two-part episode. Two it's part crazy episode. long. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dimitri, that one's like a two-and-a-half-hour episode. Wow. I mean, yeah. Yeah, you know, that's so rad. Some of them are really long. I shoot for 45 to 90 minutes. Okay. I feel like that is That's a good a podcast really length. good right. 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 Like 45 to 90 minutes is easily consumable and you can move on. You know. <laughs> yeah. Two and a half hours? 3 yeah. hours? Uh, that's a little bit of a commitment. Yeah. Like that's you're a commitment. you're pressing pause a few times. You're coming back to that one, you yeah. know. I want people to be able to sit down, tune in, consume all of it, and be able to move on without this, like, grandiose dedication to it. Yeah, Yeah, like, you don't want people to, you want people to look forward to it, not when they see it come up in their feed, go, oh. Yeah. uh, Oh, I have three hours I have to dedicate to this. I have to listen to this for three (laughs) hours. That's the last thing I want. I get so self-conscious about my streams, too, because I always say, oh, we're running long. And people in the chat are like, no, who cares? Run long. And I'm thinking, you're only saying that because you're here right now. But if someone's trying to watch this on the replay, they're going to see, oh, Grim Green Vlog, two hours and 20 minutes long. I feel like the odds of someone clicking on that at that length just drop dramatically. That's where the hero Jeremy V comes in. Yes, with the hero Jeremy V with timestamps. Yeah, yeah. So that yeah. way people can be like, "Oh, well, you know, I don't care about the new Vupu RDA that Nick got or whatever. Right. I, I care about news and advocacy and your yeah. time. You know, news and, and you advocacy. Can skip around. That's and, the one uh, that everybody yeah. watches. Jeremy so, V for the win. When you started this podcast, was it you wanted? Obviously, it's it's called the Rise and Vape podcast. So I'm assuming you were a smoker turned into a vapor. You wanted to talk about vaping. I noticed yeah. that. I mean, you've started off maybe talking about vaping, but I notice on Twitter you've become uh, painting with a much broader brush as far as you know harm reduction, uh, drug use. Uh, bodily autonomy, things like that. Yeah. You even get a little bit political sometimes. You just kind of dip in your feet in a lot of things. Yeah, I think it's kind of a big overall message. Harm reduction, right. Harm reduction. Harm reduction, bodily autonomy, and freedom of consciousness is kind of the hill that I've chosen to die on. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, my introduction to harm reduction really was like... Years ago, you know, I used to be very heavily involved in lots of drugs, um, stimulants mainly. I used to use cocaine and methamphetamine very sure. regularly. Sure. I had a problematic relationship with with methamphetamine for a while. But before I ever knew the term harm reduction, 
we were kind of practicing it. You know, we were like, you know, make sure that you're drinking water, make sure that you're resting, make, you know, we would kind of look out for each other, me and right. my group of friends in the apartment that we had, which was this tiny, tiny little duplex. They were, they were old uh, military barracks that got converted into to housing. And like five people lived in this tiny little two bedroom apartment and we were all just doing drugs. We were all just doing drugs, just drugs, uh, lots and lots and lots of drugs. Lots of um, drugs. But we were always really conscious about looking out for each other and trying to stay safe. And I didn't even know what harm reduction was at the time, you know. And so my introduction to the term harm reduction was when I got into vaping and it was tobacco harm reduction. Yeah. And so I got really into this whole tobacco harm reduction space, learning about vaping, everything I could learn about snooze, anti-smoking, all of these things. Mm -hmm. And that just led me into drug harm reduction. And I thought I've been in this space before, not mm -hmm. even knowing it. Yeah, exactly. And Once so your eyes it, are open to it, you kind of go, oh, I, I've been doing this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've always been very anti-prohibition, very anti-war on drugs. Yes. And but I was never really super vocal about it because I didn't I didn't know if I should be. You know what I mean? It was just I was never really in that space. And I thought, well, there's tons of people doing this work. Like, who am I? I don't I don't need to, you know, vocalize. I don't need to be in this space. But then one day I was just like, fuck it, I'm just going to start talking about it, you know, and um and, and that's where we're at. I just I just become more open about my mm -hmm. past drug use and my thoughts and, and where I stand on all of this. Mm -hmm. And I think it just matters. And I think one of the biggest things that I started seeing in at least on Twitter in like the vape space, the tobacco harm reduction space is this this divide in harm reduction. And it's mainly it's mainly honestly from our side. Like if you were to talk to most harm reductionists, like drug harm reductionists, and you say, Well, what do you think about vaping? They're on board. They're like, that's harm reduction. You should absolutely vape and not smoke. It's not a question in their mind. But when you talk to, I don't know, a number of vape advocates and you say, Well, how do you feel about needle exchange programs, safe consumption sites, and drug testing? It's like a whole nother mm -hmm. world, you know, and it's it, there's this real big this divide. And I thought, what can I do to try to bring people together here under this, this broader harm reduction umbrella? Mm -hmm. Because the bigger, I think the bigger battle, the bigger battle. I mean, when we, if we were to say decriminalize all drug use, then nobody using nicotine will ever be criminalized. Like we fall into that category because nicotine is a drug. And I think some people don't like to accept that, Yeah, but it's very much a drug. Yes. You know, yeah. Um, so I guess that's just kind of where I've, I've planted my feet is I try to look at the broader picture because these are people's lives, you know, these are, these are things that matter here yeah. right now. And I just can't like look away anymore. You know, I can't, uh, I can't be quiet about it anymore. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. You can't look away anymore. You can't be quiet I think about we, it anymore. We, we look away too often, you know, we yeah. look away from the person on the street you know, experiencing homelessness, we turn and we just keep looking, you know, we keep walking forward and we don't stop and say, Hey, are you okay? Yeah. You well, know, and it's hey, sometimes do you need it's, something like sometimes it's uh, also, at least with me is kind of a feeling a little bit of helplessness, you know, which uh, I don't know if you've ever been to Southern California and Los Angeles. I think you, you I used to live in Lemon used Grove. To live, yeah, okay. Now in Los Angeles, there are just scores of, of homeless encampments and, and tents. And I mean, in the area that's literally skid row, yeah. there's just, it's everywhere. And you kind of pass by it and you see it. Sometimes when I drive to my PO box that's in Hollywood, you'll see just one block off of Hollywood Boulevard where all of the tourists are. One block off is just homeless everywhere. Yeah. And you kind of, when I drive by it, I go, wow, that's heartbreaking and I feel so helpless as to like, yeah, and like you're I not even... expected to like stop and help everybody no, know, along but like, the what way. Can That's, you even do about that other than you know it's impossible. You can you can uh, you can reach out to uh, whoever the outreach programs are out there and ask if you can uh, if you can donate if they're accepting donations. Mm -hmm. What you can do to help if you can help you know uh, follow those people on Twitter to help spread word. 
for for people that are you know experiencing that whatever even little things can go a long way and like you don't have to stop and house everybody or you sure, know sure. you know give everybody a hundred dollars sure. or something like that that's absurd sure. but there's little things that we can do that can make a difference um and i i don't see why we why we don't yeah yeah i don't see why we, you know i had this idea one time uh i used i used to uh consume a lot of cannabis just lots of cannabis and i would get real uh you know, it's real introspective and thought provoking and things like this. And I had this idea about, uh, I've always want, I want to become a philanthropist. Like I'd love to have Mike Bloomberg money just to become a philanthropist so that I could create this. I thought, man, if you're a homeless person, I think the scariest thing about being a homeless person is even just getting water to drink. Oh yeah. Absolutely. That's a huge thing. Yeah. And I had this idea late one night and I was telling Casey about it. I said, what if I invented just the Nick's water truck and it's just a big truck with just a water tanker on the back and you can pull up to these places and it's just free water and they can fill up like a target tub or however many bottles you want of just water like every two weeks or something like this. I thought, how great would that be to be able to provide yeah. fresh clean drinking water to homeless people and then i thought how much money that would cost and then it instantly was like out of my head but how yeah, uh, that's I something mean, i want to do this is one of the reasons why you know if we if we follow this kind of pipeline that starts with the war on drugs and we we you know we criminalize somebody and and most of the time when we're talking about drug arrests I mean, you can go right on the DPA's website and they have a huge list of drug war facts. I mean, we have over two million people sitting in prison right now for nonviolent, petty drug crimes. Yeah. And it's absurd. You've got a a gram of cocaine, you know, mandatory minimums, you know, no knock warrants. And all these these people are sitting here. But what happens when they get out? They're just cast out into the world. Here you go. You know, we've taken 10 years of your life. Now go figure it out. Now you have a record. And there's this this prison to shelter pipeline shelters can't accommodate everybody. These people end up homeless when you have no money, no job, no house, no anything. You're going to seek out things that relieve that pain and that trauma in your life. And one of those things you're going to seek out is familiarity and that's, that's drugs. And so there's this, this cycle and this pipeline and we're not doing anything to address it. We do all these little programs and reforms that it's like putting a bandaid on a severed limb and it does nothing to stop the bleeding. Yeah. We're not addressing the real issue here. And I mean, Portugal is an example that I use all the time. If you look at Portugal crime rate, you know, they decriminalized drug use back in 2001 crime rates dropped dramatically overdose rates are down over 85 percent i mean we're in the middle of an overdose crisis right now which is fueled by the war on drugs right and so when i talk about these things you know like these are immediate things and so many people what frustrates me is so many people in the vape community not so many people but there's a there's a number of them out there that kind of scoff at that and they go well you know you know, last year, 75,000 people died from fatal overdoses, but 480,000 people died from tobacco use. And I say, yeah, but most of those people were in their, what, 70s, yeah. 80s? You know what I mean? Yeah. That You know, when we talk yeah. about that number, it's huge. And to be honest, the CDC lies about a lot of things. I question that number. But when we talk about smoking, you're talking about the average loss of life of 10 years, right? That's the average loss that a person has. It takes yes. decades to die from a tobacco-related disease. People are dying at 18 years old right now from fatal overdoses. And every single one of those overdoses is a policy failure in yeah. my eyes. Every yeah. one of them. Well, and, and I think that we can come together under that bigger umbrella because we're always better together, right? The more we have, the bigger the numbers we have, the more that we can create change. And the longer that we stay divided into these little harm reduction camps, instead of coming together, we're not going to make that change. Yeah. Wow, that yeah, that was a very inspirational. And yeah, I I mean yeah, I completely agree with you and it reminds me of, you know, it's this really old internet like comic strip where there's a guy and he's smoking weed and he gets caught by the cops and he's like, 
that stuff will ruin your life. And then he arrests him and then yeah. he serves prison time and then he gets out and he's like, and he's at a job interview. He's like, sorry, we don't hire felons. And then he's homeless on the street smoking weed and the same cop goes by and goes, see, I told you that would ruin your life. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, like, that's what the it drug is. War, right. Like, that's the war on drugs. That, the drugs didn't ruin your life. Our Band-Aid on the Severed Limb ruined your life. Yeah. Like That's what did it. Criminalizing you, dehumanizing you, and putting you through all of this trauma when, you know, a lot of people using drugs are using drugs to find relief, you know, to, to relieve pain. Yes. I'm not going to go through the opioid pill mill, you know, yeah. all of the that nonsense. But, you know, like, as much damage as those drugs do the prohibition of them and the the policing the militarized policing mm-hmm. you know that started 1971 with president nixon that policing nixon. has done so much more damage than any drug could ever hope to achieve yeah uh, 100% ever. 200% ever it's crazy it's crazy yeah. and that- the more that we and it's crazy that we just keep it going. We just keep this war on drugs we going. We just keep it going. Everybody yeah. keeps it going. Everybody, Everybody has a chance to stop it. And we're paying for it. And we're, Yeah, exactly. Our tax dollars are paying for it. Over $47 billion a year is spent on the war on drugs. That's all of our tax dollars going to arresting black people with a gram of cocaine. Right. Nonviolent. Nonviolent drug crimes. Essentially victimless Over $2 crimes. Million. I mean, victimless yeah. crimes, nonviolent crimes, and they're serving time in prison just because yeah. Nixon started all we're this. We're footing the whole bill we're to deprave, bill. deprive human beings of life, liberty, and their pursuit of happiness. Right. We're paying for that. So, I mean, I know the answer to this because I saw you recently Twitter. I'm assuming you're kind of firmly in the libertarian camp. I float around. I think I would consider myself a moderate libertarian yeah. or as libertarians like to put it, a lowercase L libertarian. Yeah. Lowercase L. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Um, I think, I think there's a lot of good functions in government. I would just like to see less government. Yes. I think one of the biggest things that holds us back in so many realms is just government red tape, just government red tape left and right. And <laughs> Yeah. Stossel talks about this a lot and a really good example. He did this huge video on like bathrooms, you know, and like they built <laughs> this government bathroom and it cost like two million dollars to build this <laughs> shit little government bathroom. And then this private company like a block away renovated this gorgeous bathroom for like a third, a quarter of the price. Yeah. Fraction because there's of the all price. this red tape. There's all these you know, paperwork that gets handed off and committees that have to approve and get paid along the way. And it, it, that goes for everything in our system. We spend so much of, you know, American tax dollars on nothing. Yeah. On on absolutely nothing. Well, and that's something that I always, you know, I always talk about too. I always think about it's that the government, they have no incentive to be efficient None. Or in any capacity, they have no incentive no. to be efficient. So they can spend, you know, the $2 million on this bathroom and, and it takes yeah. however much long and however much paperwork it costs to do it and all the red, you know, all the hoops that you have to jump through to do it. They have no incentive like a private business to be efficient right. or to be, you know, serving. And when you have no term <laughs> limits and your job's not going anywhere, what yeah. do you care? What do you care? Yeah, I'm going to be sitting care? in this seat for the next 35 years. Build that $2 million bathroom yeah. and take four years to do it. Yeah. Go right ahead. Take, yeah, ex- exactly. Well, it's you like know? You know, Joe Biden's been an, a, a politician for 50, 50 something years, 47 with years, something like that. Terrible, atrocious, racist record. It's just, yeah, with a, yeah, a really, yeah. But now. I mean, just dig into the Krakow statue. He wrote it. I mean, that is. It's just devastating. Yeah. It's devastating. It's devastating. So do you picture the Rise and Vape podcast expanding out into other topics of discussion possibly? or uh... I mean, I sprinkle some of that in. Um, I don't want to say too much, but I've been toying with the idea of doing a secondary podcast, one mm-hmm. that I would probably just do like one episode a month. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm floating on the idea of a podcast um, completely based around 
you know, the war on drugs, views from people who use drugs and sex work as well. Mm -hmm. See, sex work is the thing that I it, sex work is the thing that makes no sense to me why people would be against it and why legislators would want to and they all watch this. porn. Yeah, and they all watch porn. Makes no sense to me. Yeah, that's no. the oldest. And this is where that's I, the I oldest stand profession. firmly on bodily autonomy. <laughs> yeah. you know, and your your rights. You know, your sovereignty to to choose what you do with your body, what you put into your body. And sex work is the oldest commodity. Yeah, like the it's the oldest, oldest commodity trade on earth. On earth, you know, we have been trading with sex longer than we have done basically anything else. Yes, a hundred percent. 100%. You know, and and it's such like this, you know, it's one of those things like sex work and drugs are around the world for thousands of years have have just been like legal, illegal, legal, illegal and they kind of just go through this like cyclical process. And I'm just like, why? You know, every time we get somewhere, 50 years later this group of prohibitionists just, you know, not yeah. going to go I know, Terrible I human beings come along and and convince everybody that it's bad again. Yep. And I just go, why? You know, makes no sense. Why does pave? So that's you know, I, why I've been pave? toying with the idea of doing that, and and that's where I think I can kind of expand <laughs> deeper into those ideas. Uh -huh. I still want the Rise and Vape podcast to remain really focused on tobacco harm reduction and yeah. vaping. Um. But yeah, it's something that I've I've been toying with the idea of. I've been working on. Um, I just a good buddy of mine just made this really dope opening track for that podcast. So now I'm like, well, I got the intro music. Yeah, so now you feel obligated to do it. But now I, I gotta I mean, do it. This is something you know. This is not your full time job. This is something you do. No. on your free time. That is just more, more less of your free time. Yeah. <laughs> But if it, even if I can just get people to think and change their opinions or, or just take something away from it, then it's worth it. Yes. To me, it's worth it. Yeah, it's definitely worth you it. Know? It's 100% worth it. I mean, and obviously I'm assuming this is something that if it could be your job, this is something you want to do full time. Podcast, podcast host. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I think so. I, yeah. I, I love podcasting. It's something I, I really enjoy doing. Um, if I could just get paid to read books and podcast, I would do that. You would do that? I would do that. That's good. Heartbeat. See, the reading books part, it's difficult for me. Dyslexia. I know. I sent you a book, like, not Dyslexia. even thinking. No, it's fine. <laughs> and I can, I've been, I've been, you know, I try to power through some books. I read the first Harry Potter book just fine. But because I'm, because of being dyslexic, um, I had this ritual where I would have to have some sort of sativa in me and I would have to read the book out loud in order to get through it. So there was so many nights where I, we were living in Hollywood and I would get done with work and Casey would be working at a show, something out. She's not going to be home till late. So I'd fire up the volcano. I'd have some sativa. I'd put on the Harry Potter soundtrack and I'd read the book out loud in the voices as best I could. And that's the only way I could get through it is reading it slowly and like focusing. It took me forever to get through one book. It took me forever yeah. to get through one book. Um, so I sent you this book and, and your, your wife is amazing because we were talking yes. about this book and you, um, Casey, you need to get Nick that cool Kindle version that he can read easier. Yeah, it's a really good font. book and I highly recommend. Dude, it's 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 just like a libertarian it's just a full libertarian book on just drugs a manifesto. and the free market <laughs> and and prohibition. Yeah. Um, and it's a really good I just finished that and I'm currently, I don't know, a third of the way through um Velvet Glove Iron Fist which is the history of anti-smoking from Christopher Snowden. Oh. And I learned a ton of stuff about anti-smoking efforts around the world. If you think this is a new thing, or even in the last like hundred years, a new thing, you're wrong. <laughs> There's been so many anti-smoking efforts around the world. And we're, we're really fortunate in this country 
compared to other countries. I mean, at one point in certain countries like China and other things, smoking was just death. Like if they, you got caught smoking, they killed you. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So, Whoa. so yeah, you know, I, I, I'm reading a lot of this and I'm just like, I never knew like it was this serious. Whoa. You know? Yeah. And, and people think like, oh, we're, you know, in the past 50, 60 years has really been the anti-smoking movement in America. I mean, at one point, like 13 states banned smoking. Yeah. Yeah. In like late 1880s into the 1900s, up up to like 13 states completely banned the use, sale, manufacturing, everything of cigarettes, tobacco cigarettes. Of tobacco cigarettes, which yeah. is so odd because we have so many tobacco farmers in the United States. Yeah. Those are the states that didn't. The tobacco states. Yeah. The big. Uh... It really started in like middle America. You know, uh, it never caught on on like the coast. It didn't catch on in New York and California. You know, it's it's a really it's a really good book. It's a really interesting read. And I, I read some of this stuff and I just go, man, those pave moms would be those pave moms would be so proud. So you proud. Know? So proud. So proud. Yeah. Like me reading this book. I'm disgusted. Yeah. But, but I can so imagine proud. if yeah. Meredith Berkman or whatever her name is read this book, she would just be going, oh, I'm so I'm so glad they succeeded there. Oh, it's a shame they failed there. You know? <laughs> That's unbelievable. Just the modern day temperance movement is what yeah, it is. really it really is. It, it really, really is. is. It really yeah. is. And, yeah, you know, it's... and she gets on there, uh, you know, when she's committing perjury uh, in front yeah. of the. Yeah. She's, and she in front says, of Congress. in front of Congress, just committing perjury, that's fine. And she says, I, you know, my son was vaping, and she makes it a point to say, if you catch your kids vaping, that doesn't make you a bad parent. It doesn't. And I said, I mean, no, it doesn't make you a bad parent. It just makes you, I don't know, like an ignorant parent. I don't know either, man. I, it's one of those things where I think back to my, my teenage years and I think back to a lot of my friends, like teenagers are crafty, man. Super you know, we crafty. don't give them a, we don't give them enough credit, I think nope. sometimes. And the whole like bad parenting issue, that argument has never really set well with me because like you want your teenagers to go out and be independent. You want them to go with their friends, go do things, go to sporting events. Like, yeah, you want your you're, you're yeah. raising an independent human being that has to be like a bona fide person in our society someday. You can't just ho- like hover over your children at all times watching what they do. Well, and so I try not to put too much weight behind the bad parenting argument. I think there are negligent parents that exist. Absolutely. A hundred percent. But I don't want to just like put all parents in like this bad nutshell and say you did a bad job because your sure, kid vaped. Sure, like, sure. And no, I don't. I mean, I don't believe that either, that if your kid was vaping, that you're a bad parent, you know, in any capacity, because, you know, it's the same way. I wouldn't say my mom was a bad mom because I was smoking cigarettes when I was 13, 14 years old. Right, right. I think too with vaping, like it's, it's, it's different because like you smelled like a cigarette. Yeah. That shit was hard to hide. Right. That's a lot harder to hide. And most of the time your parents are going to be like, you smell like a cigarette. And everybody's excuse was like, oh, I was with friends who were smoking, but I didn't smoke. That's, you know, that's my, yeah, a hundred percent. That was me too. Oh wow. That's everybody's excuse. But with vaping, like you're not going to smell like a cigarette. Like you don't smell like anything no you know smell like a bakery sometimes and so it's even harder for parents to pick up on that and i think we need to to cut parents some slack you know like parenting is is tough man i've got a seven-year-old and a 10-year-old yeah and i'm not ready for the teenage years no i'm not how do you talk to him about smoking how do you talk to him about dad's vaping i'm just gonna try to be honest you know that's something that that we've been really clear on as far as vaping and and quitting smoking is just being honest with our kids like explaining why it's not for them you know what it is and basically saying like look i know your teachers and the schools and everybody's gonna tell you something because they're being told to tell you that nod say yes, say you understand, and then come talk to me about it. 
Right. You know, yeah. and we'll 100%. sit down and we'll, we'll talk about it and I'll tell you whatever they're saying, whether it's the truth or whether it's not, we're just going to have an open conversation. We're just going to be honest that's, about it. I think that's, I mean, that's the best, absolute best way to go. But, and I think some of the issue stems from that people just don't do that anymore. You know, they no. want the state yeah. to raise you want, their- like your, you want to shelter your kids from all these things. You want to lie to them so they never do drugs. Right. You know, we just want to institute dare in our children's lives. And I think we're making a huge mistake. And I'm a firm supporter of the DPA's Safety First program, which is for teenagers and younger kids to be open and honest about drugs, to talk about drugs, you know, without all of this, this like, you know, if you smoke crack, you'll explode and die, you know, like yeah. crazy yeah. things that just don't happen. And, well, they, and it doesn't it makes people lose trust in our institutions and our government and the people that we believe are there to take care of us. And the reality is a lot, you know, a lot of teenagers are going to go experiment. They're teenagers. Yeah. Well, and when they go experiment and they go, well, I didn't blow up. Everything is a lie yeah, now. What else have they been lying about? You know, and, and I don't, I want my, my children to trust me. I want my kids to come to me with, with, with problems and issues and be able to be open and honest with me. And so I just don't lie to them. Yes. See, that's a really, yeah. Well, and going back to dare and lying to kids and, you know, there's this new anti-vaping campaign that is, I mean, it's a page out of the, the war on drugs book of, of shaming, you know, shaming kids that doesn't work. It doesn't work. That has never worked. Why do they think it's, it's ne- going to no. work this time? Why do they think prohibition's going to work this time? You know, it's crazy because just recently, I don't know, in the past year, a really great study came out about shaming people who smoke and the results were they smoke more. Yeah. You yep. know, like it, it's it's a tale as old as time. And shame and stigma are just really, really terrible ways to go about it. You know, like shaming people and perpetuating stigma just drives further use. It, it puts people in a place where they don't want to come out and talk about it. They don't want to seek help. You know, they don't want to be judged. So they, they go, they use alone. They, I mean, there's so many issues Mm -hmm. with stigma and shaming people and none of the results are ever good. No, they're never good. No, they're never good. And no one is going to ever say that the war on drugs was a, a success. No, no, no. it's, it's, it's it a aged massive like milk. It's failure. a massive failure, an unbelievable failure. Yeah. yeah As absolutely. I believe yeah. like the war on vaping will also be looked back. Hopefully, I mean, time will show how yeah. foolish a lot of these politicians were. And I mean, even just today, watching the California flavor ban unfold in front of me, I couldn't believe some of the things I was hearing. Yeah, I I didn't tune into it. I plan on going back and watching, but I can Go. kind of already hear it. Don't, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's bad. But I do want to look into, <sighs> you know, we were talking about before the show, whether this involves online, whether it does it or doesn't, though, how many hundreds of vape shops are in California? Uh, yeah, hundreds, hundreds, and uh, and, and I mean, we have seven hundred in New York, or huge had manufacturers naked e-liquid main manufacturing is in Southern California. Oh, do they like half of the e-liquid manufacturers yeah. that exist are in either California or Nevada? Yeah. So I mean, and some it's in Ohio crazy. apparently, but yeah, it's going to yeah. shut down a lot. It's going to ruin a lot, and uh. It, it, what hurts me, what pains me the most is that they just say things and then there's no data to back them up or they say things and the data actually says the exact opposite. Like sure. what we experienced with the you know the National Youth Tobacco Survey, number one reason given by youths was curiosity, but they keep pushing flavors on us. That the, that, and it's just because you think that the flavors are appealing to the kids, listen to what the kids are saying. And they're not saying that the flavors are appealing to them. The data actually right. says no, we the opposite, never, but you're just doubling down on this user. bad idea. Yeah, we never listen yeah. to the user. Ever. Whether it's the teenager or the adult, like we never, whenever we're talking about any kind of drug, we never listen to the user. We always listen to 
academia who's paid by Bloomberg and all these other institutions. Yeah. We listen to the the prohibitionists. We listen to the moms. You know, we listen to the the middle class affluent white mothers. That's who we listen to. Yeah. And and that's what we base our policies on. Yeah. And it's it's really terrible. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what we can do for California. I don't even know what we can do for New York. You know, it's I, I don't know. At this point, I'm like, go to the reservations. You yeah, know? <laughs> that seems to be the way to go in New York is go to the reservations. Yeah. I mean, as long as these companies, I mean, we've had what two two companies get PMTA acceptance, mm -hmm. which reservations follow federal law. They're not beholden to the state. So that means those e-liquids can be sold on those reservations for the year or until FDA makes a decision. Right. So at this point in New York, I'm just like, Go to the reservations. Yeah, go to the reservations. Buy in bulk from reservations. Talk to the talk to the people that work there. See if you can buy in bulk. You know, and, and bring it back a, and help people. That's a solution, exactly. But I mean, that's a solution for vapors who are already vaping. Who know I yes. need? I go through 400 mils of whatever my favorite mango cheesecake. Ooh, a mango cheesecake. That would be a that good flavor. Amazing. That I've sounds, never had a mango cheesecake. I've never had a mango cheesecake. But that's good for the vapors that know that, but it does zero to help smokers, the people that actually need the technology. It just makes yeah. them jump through more hoops. And this is a big reason why I have issues with the TPD in the UK and people say, Oh, it's just short fills, it's just fine. And I'm saying that's still another step yeah. in the process that is gonna put smokers off. Smokers all, yeah, all who are used to just Harder to quit smoking. Yeah. All it does, all yeah. the regulations do is make it harder to quit smoking. Would I take the TPD over what we have right now? Yes. Oh, yeah. Is In the TPD heartbeat. great? No. No. It's terrible. You know? <laughs> but it's and not, it's like but it's not prohibition. Terrible... But it's not prohibition. And I think that's yeah. I think that's the big uh, I think that's the biggest part of it. I mean it's it's shitty. You know, it's one of those situations where it's like, I hope people still give the Virginia tobacco jewel a try. I hope yeah. I hope maybe that helps. I hope that maybe it piques curiosity. I hope that they seek out maybe other people they know that vape who know where they can get supplies. Yeah. Yeah. But are we helping the masses? No. You know, we're going back to 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 2010 where we're you know, we're helping a lot of smokers quit, but we're not helping the same number of smokers quit that we were helping in 2018. You right. know, not even close or 2015 or close. 2016. I mean, yeah, during the the peak of the vape, whatever scene when there was an ECC in Southern California that had to take up five of these, you know, uh, big halls at, at at the fairgrounds, and there was you know 800 vendors there, and the attendance was into the thousands and thousands. Those days are over. Those days are long over, long gone. You know, and it's going to be I a mean, long time before we get anything we like ever going like to get back ever again. Yeah, uh, you know what? I don't know. I see that. I see vaping. My my vision of vaping is that it will become like craft beer. That's how I think Hopefully. vaping is going to eventually, eventually, when it becomes socially acceptable. That look, people are yeah. using nicotine. It's without combustion. It's, you know, this, that, and the other. We live in America where you can still buy cigarettes, cigars, chewing tobacco, pipe tobacco, copious amounts of liquor, booze, alcohol in a variety of flavors. And that's all like socially cool yeah. with people. It's one of those things where I, I try to look at the history of a lot of things. You know, history tends to repeat itself. And I think we can learn a lot from history. Unfortunately, our politicians would probably disagree with me. <laughs> but all of those things that you just discussed all had their turmoil. Yes. They've all been through the ringer. They've yeah. all had their ups and downs. Yes. Unfortunately, that's what we're going through right now with vaping. Yeah. The other unfortunate part is, I mean, if you look at alcohol prohibition, you know, 1920, I don't know, ended in 1930-something. Yeah. Craft beer is a pretty recent thing yes, in the past two decades, within the past two decades. I mean, that's a long span of time from the end of Prohibition to get to Still craft beer, a delicious chocolate 
peanut butter stout. Right. Yes. You know, that's that's a long time. Did we get there? Yes. Yes, we did. Did it take a lifetime? Yes. (laughs) Basically. I know. And that's one of the things I think about. Will I do I think I'll see this in my lifetime? Uh, I mean, I hope so. I sure do hope so. Yeah. But I feel like it's going to be I mean, it's been an uphill battle getting vaping to be, uh, you know, accepted since the since the very beginning, since my first vape. It's been an uphill battle and the, the yeah. hill just keeps getting steeper and steeper and steeper and steeper and people just are falling off. Yeah. Falling off the hill. I'm yeah. going to get to the top well, of that hill, Logan. I think there's I think there's a, a lot of really great people that are willing to die on that hill with you, Nick. Yeah, so, well, I hope you know. so. Yeah, I know. I, I, but, know uh, I got you there as well. Oh yeah, dude. I'm not going anywhere. Like I said, this is, this is definitely, this is like my hill to die on, you know, and yeah. you know, really for me comes down to, you know, bodily autonomy, freedom of consciousness, harm reduction. Like I would love to see a country where we no longer criminalize drug users, that 47 plus billion dollars that we spend on the war on drug users is put into better programs for housing, better programs for mental health, better mm-hmm. programs for harm reduction, I want a country where you are free to go and use a drug. And when you are ready to get help, you are not criminalized or stigmatized for it. You are just simply offered help um, and you're you're respected. You're treated with dignity. You're not forced to be watched while you piss in a cup. I've been there. It's dehumanizing. It's degrading. And we can do so much better. And And that's that's I think that's ultimately really, truly the hill that I'll die on. Yeah. That's, that's the hill. That's a noble yeah. hill to die on. Yeah. That's a noble hill to die yeah. on. I'll be following legalizing be sex work you. because yeah. who doesn't like sex legalizing sex work? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, like uh, if I can have someone come into my house, pay them money to clean and do all of these other services and be paid for services rendered. Sure. Why can that not be a thing? If I'm, you know, you make an agreement married, with another so that's adult. not going to happen right, for it's me. Not happen. But for somebody, you know, theoretical me or whatever, why if why can I not pay for that service? Like, sure. sex is a human need. We you all need to. intimate relationships. We all need we all need sex. Why can I not get that through that service? You know, why is that illegal? It's, well, why is why is it, that well, criminalized? Moral crusaders. Yeah, moral crusaders. Yeah, they don't want you doing yeah. it because they don't do it, and they think it's you know they, they think, think it's, it's icky. Wrong. They think it's, yeah, it's icky. sin. It's sin, it's and they sinful. think it's icky, and they don't want you doing it. They don't want anybody well, doing it. Then just go over there in your world of boring and no sin, yeah, and just don't just do it. Then. Boring, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just stay over there in your beige plain house and and just can, whatever. Yeah, you know? watch. I say this CBS with beige walls because I haven't be painted boring. the office yet. <laughs> And just yeah. go be boring somewhere else. Yeah, and All let right. the rest of us have sex and vape and yeah, and be free. Smoke a joint without going to jail. Yeah, you know? be free. Well, yeah, you know, yeah. vote gold, twenty twenty. This sounds like this might be a more fun hill to go with. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it might it's, be. A, it's all the same hill for it's me. It's all the same hill. It's all, yeah, it's different, all one maybe hill. little plateaus and peaks on different hi- on the on the greater sure. hill on the greater. Mm-hmm. On the greater hill. Well, it's starting sh- to feel like a mountain, but shit, we've been going for an hour now, Logan. So uh, I guess we'll wrap this up. I feel like this has been a really successful test, and I appreciate you helping me out. We had yeah, some pretty man, good and conversations. I got to talk about drugs and sex and stuff. Yeah. So, you cool. got it. How do you not enjoy that? It's good times. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, for anybody watching, all 11, I think, that are here right now, where, where can people find? Logan exhales on the internet if they want to follow you up this hill of drugs and sex. Twitter is probably Twitter, the best place. Yeah. Uh, Twitter. I have an Instagram, but I'm I'm literally never on Instagram. It's yeah. just Logan underscore exhales. Uh, Ooh, basically, you anywhere. went with the underscore, huh? Yeah, somebody else did it without the space. They already took it. Oh, see if I can buy that account. Oh. But um, <laughs> but. Yeah, it's just Logan underscore exhales. Um, yeah. And if you want to listen to the Rise and Vape podcast, um, we're basically on just about every platform. We're on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and it's just Rise and Vape. Rise and Vape. That's just, it. Just Rise and Vape. 
Dang. Yeah, and dude, this was a great test. I noticed there was only like one like, or two little tiny hiccups, and that was it. Yeah, there was. I saw. I noticed. Yeah, like two little hiccups, but otherwise, yeah. I think this went really well. It's so much better than like robot michelle oh my gosh <laughs> robot michelle and then with alex clark i didn't even stop i just kept it going and he was just a robot for like an hour and that vlo- that whole video is just unwatchable now it's like yeah. my secret shame video <laughs> it's just completely yeah man I, i've had i've had podcasts that weren't really that great and i did what i could with them and there's they're up they're there they they're exist. there they just it's fine. Yeah, it's <laughs> we're fine. moving it's on. Whatever. Yeah, we're moving on. On to bigger and yeah. better things. All right, Logan. Well, bro, thank you for coming to hang out with me. That was a good conversation. Yeah, we might just release this to the general public at some point soon. Sure. We'll see how that goes. By all means. See how that goes. Um, but, thank uh, you, Logan. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Absolutely. I'll have some links down in the description for the Rise and Vape podcast for Logan Exhales over there on the uh, on the Twitter. And we can all follow Logan up the uh, drugs and sex hill to go die on it with him. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate you, Logan. Um, yeah, anytime, man. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching. Uh, be excellent to each other. And uh, yeah, peace out. 